Hello, we would like to welcome you to Hopeville Conversations for Women, led by two of our pastor's wives here at Inglewood Baptist Church, Jody Aiken and Carolyn Reese. It is our prayer that you rest in the hope only Jesus offers through God's word in our conversations today. Welcome back to Hopefield Conversations. We are thrilled to be back with you again today. Uh, I've got Carolyn with us as always. Hello. And I'm Jody, and we've got a special guest that we have been so excited to present to you. It's Robin Taylor. Hi. Yay. <laughs> glad to be here. We're glad you're here. <laughs> we are so thrilled for Robin to join us uh, today. Absolutely. So, Robin, uh, since most uh, or some of our, not most, but some of our listeners don't know who you are, we'd love for them to get to know you a little bit. So, can you share a little bit uh, with us about your family and who you are? Well, I'm a mom of three children, and I'm a grandmother of seven. And most people know me in the fact that I am married to Pastor Charles Taylor. (laughs) That is my claim to fame. I love that. (laughs) I think, yeah, all three of us can kind of say that since our husband's our pastor. That is so cool. Well, you know, I I also know that you have a heart for missions and a passion. And matter of fact, you have lived out on the field where you've you've sold, you know, everything and you've gone out there uh, outside of the U.S., so to speak. Uh, so what I want you to do is share a little bit about your story overseas. If there's anything particular uh, that you'd like to share or even just your heart, uh, you know, what it, what has God done in you to uh, draw you to that place in your life? Well, most people uh, don't know that I was the preschool and children's director here mm-hmm. in the late 1990s and into 2003, prior to us leaving to move to South Africa, um, I think one of the things the Lord did greatly in my heart overseas was teach me total dependence. Hmm. When you first arrive in a country and you're not um, familiar with the area, the languages that you hear, uh, the people, the customs, you are on a very great learning curve and you have to be a learner to be able to move overseas if you are not a learner you're going to find it extremely difficult Mm -hmm. Um, but if you are a learner you learn those things um, as you stay and interact with the people but I think you also learn that you have to you're it's almost like you're a baby you've gone back and you're a baby again and you're having to learn all over many things and so for those first couple of years you feel really uh, immature (laughs) in many ways but uh, after a while you start learning more and more and the Lord teaches you so much of dependence on him because you are not next to family you're not close to family things go on back in America and you can't just hop on a plane and be there in a short time Uh, and just giving everything over to the Lord your children learning a new way of schooling, uh, things like that. So I think he taught me total dependence, and he's continued to teach me that in bringing us back to the United States. Uh, Things were a lot different when we came back. Things continue to change. People change. Um, And so you find yourself really having to depend on the Lord in every area of your life. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I, I'm thinking about culture shock. You know, it must have been a culture shock when you went. Not ever thinking it would be a culture shock when you came back. <laughs> it was. People talk about yeah. things that we have no context for. Mm -hmm. um, things have happened, you know, in their in the church life, uh, in their families, mm -hmm. um, and just in our society in general. Um, that we had no context for. We did not have, you know, the luxury of having American TV and being able to keep up easily with everything. Mm -hmm. And so you come back and they name somebody and you're like, you don't have a clue who they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And you hate to sound like you're, you know, illiterate or whatever, <laughs> but you really don't know. And it takes a while to get back into this culture and how things are done here. What's acceptable in one country is not acceptable all the time in another country and vice versa so you're you're on a great learning curve either here or there mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah. absolutely makes sense um also I, one thing i was uh, talking to you about earlier is about your testimony mm -hmm. i would love for you to share with us a little bit about your testimony mm -hmm. my testimony is that i was nine years old and one night in church we had a guest speaker who was doing a beautiful art drawing with chalk and he drew the lamb being slain. And then he drew the cross behind it. And he explained very simply the gospel and how Christ had come and lived and died for my sins. And that I could have forgiveness of sins if I accepted him and made him the boss of my life. Because I was a nine-year-old child. And those were terms that I understood. And I remember sitting in church that night and the lights were out as he was drawing and I just started to cry. Mm -hmm. And I remember that my heart just was flooded with such love and compassion, but also recognizing my sinfulness and crying over that as well. And uh, that's when Christ came into my life. And my life was different after that. Mm -hmm. um, I was changed as a child I do believe that children you know when they accept Christ mm -hmm. there is a change in their life as well mm -hmm. um, I was the little kid that would take her Bible around and you know talk to the other little kids and things like that or sit in the yard when I, I was totally bored. I totally see that about you. <laughs> when I was I bored, I'd be sitting out by the ditch reading my Bible, oh. you know, my little children's Bible. Yeah. Um, so yes, uh, there was a great change in my life and through the years, I'm not going to say that I've always been, you know, close to the Lord as I should. Again, it's me that's walked away. He never moves. Mm -hmm. um, but I always know that if I walk away, he's still there and I can turn around and come right back. Mm -hmm. Did you ever dream uh, as a young girl that you would live overseas and do anything like you've done? Never. Never. <laughs> never. You know, I got to thinking when we came back, um, how many things and how many people and all the things that I have been allowed to see and do uh, in my life. And I'm just, I am overwhelmed that God would allow that mm -hmm. for me. Um, you know, uh, and I know it, it sounds silly, but I've met some of the most amazing people and the most amazing believers overseas. And I've seen people who God has changed their lives and what he's done since then. Mm -hmm. um, we have since seen a ministry that started on our sofa in Peter Maritzburg and is to the village of Sweetwaters, which has 100,000 people. 
And that ministry has just grown and grown and grown through the local church there. Mm. And you love to look back and see God continuing to grow things even after you've left. And that's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. When he removes you, uh, his work should still continue on and continue to grow and reach more people through the years. And so it's been a great privilege for us to be able to see those kinds of things. How rewarding. Mm -hmm. I'm also mindful that, you know, your ministry didn't stop overseas and it wasn't just to be called overseas. I know from watching you and Charles that your ministry here in the States is, is Mm -hmm. just as fruitful and valuable and that you have a heart for the lost. And uh, so, you know, it doesn't matter where God calls us uh, overseas or wherever you are. He calls us to be faithful first and foremost with what Mm -hmm. he's put in front of us. So I love that. And thank you for sharing your testimony. Mm -hmm. To dive a little bit into and transition here, we're going to actually bring to you today Deborah. Uh, she's the prophetess and the judge. But before we dive in, Carolyn, yeah. would you do us a favor and pray for I us? I sure will. Thank you. Lord, thank you so much for this time where we can open up your word together as believers and just um, talk about what you've shown us. Um, your word is such a gift, and you speak to us through your Holy Spirit, and um, we're so thankful for that. And so I pray as we open up this word that um, you will show us the truth and that we'll be faithful to communicate that truth. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. You got to tell the story of how we got to this this point in scripture. How did we choose Deborah? Uh- <laughs> I love this. Yeah, well, so when I was meeting with Robin for lunch one day, I said, hey, Robin, I would love, me and Carolyn would love to have you to come on and share uh, with our listeners who it is that you relate most to. And I thought, so Robin, who do you relate most to? And do you remember what you told me? Yes. I said, I'm probably JL uh, in Judges that took the tent peg and ran it through the the king's temple. (laughs) Because I'm one of those that doesn't mind doing the hard things. And then I looked at you with the deer and headlights on. Um, um, Let me take a step back. I'm not sure what to do I think I shocked you really greatly. I know. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> uh, then, then it really came together for you yeah. as a focus on Deborah, Deborah. and then uh, and then that woman. It just really kind of intertwines together mm-hmm. and talking about justice in a sense mm-hmm. uh, and doing what's right, doing the hard thing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I fun. thought they needed to know that yeah. before we jumped in. <laughs> okay. It was such a good, yeah. <laughs> good story. So we're in Judges. We're going to be talking a little bit about um, Judges 4 and 5. And to give just a little background... Um, Israel was again rebelling against the Lord. We know that Israel seems to go back and forth in their history. They're walking closely with the Lord and then they're rebelling. And so they're rebelling right now um, in Judges 4. And um, so the Lord allowed his people to be taken by the king of Canaan. And so they were kind of living as captives. And this is where we meet Deborah. Deborah is a, a woman. She's a judge. And so this is the time that she was judging. So it was a really challenging time to be a judge in the history of Israel. So that gives us just a little background about where she is and who she is. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, so talking about Deborah, let's kind of lay the um, picture, uh, mm-hmm. paint the picture a little bit more of her personality or what we know about her. Um, she was married. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is uh, Lepea Lapeadoth, Doth, L-A-P-P-I-D-O-T-H, for those uh, immediately like that sometimes. Um, so her name means bee. 
And I could have gone down a huge, I might go down a rabbit trail. <laughs> but if you think about swarms of bees, you know, they drive people out. And there is this authority that a bee holds because they have a stinger. <laughs> <laughs> but so there's just so many different things that we can go. But uh, I digress. But uh, she was, I think we've mentioned she's a prophetess. Um, but you found something about the word prophetess. Why don't you share that I with think, us, Robin? Um, in understanding the context, because we always think of a prophet as those who see in the future, but a prophetess actually is just a, a chief spokeswoman of a movement or cause, and they are interpreters through whom the will of God is expressed. So in a sense, all of us as believers are prophets if we are talking and adhering and sharing what the word of God says, mm -hmm. then you are a prophet because that's what you're doing. You're telling what the will of God is through the Bible mm -hmm. um, and you're expressing it to other people. So basically we all are prophets for the Lord. Mm, I could have fun with that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So do we want to jump in and read a couple of verses in um, chapter four to give us a little Absolutely. content? I think that's a okay. good idea. All right, so I'm in Judges 4. I'll read um, the first three verses just to give us a little mm -hmm. bit of context. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of the army was Sisera, who lived in, I don't know how to say that, people. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel good. So. Hiroshith. <laughs> Hegoyim. Yes, I think that's correct. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Goyim. I should have studied that beforehand. <laughs> then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, for he had 900 chariots of iron, and he oppressed the people of Israel cruelly for 20 years. So that just further expresses where Israel was. They had rebelled against the Lord, and they were having a hard time. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I would love for us to also go a little bit further in mm -hmm. that. And um, Robin, if you want to read... A little bit, um, let's see, uh, what I want to do is I want to bring Barak, uh -huh. how did you say that you pronounce that? So I studied it. Yeah. Um, Borak. 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 Yes. I like yes. that. I like yeah. that. So I want to talk about him a little bit because mm -hmm. I think that's important uh, to this. So Robin, why don't you uh, read a few verses for us on that? Uh, she's. I'm going to go down to verse 6. Okay. Uh, she sent for Borak son of Abinoam from Kadesh in Naphtali and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead the way to Mount Tabor. I will lure Sesira, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. And Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Very well, Deborah said, I will go with you. But because of the way you are going about this, the honor will be not be yours. For the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh, where he summoned Zebulun and Naphtali, 10,000 men followed him, and Deborah also went with him. I'm so glad mm -hmm. I had you read that. Mm -hmm. I <laughs> know. It sounded great. It sounded great. 
I think one of the things that was really interesting and as I was studying is this is this um, them going up into war took a great deal of faith. Um, Israel really wasn't prepared for war. They didn't have weapons, really. Um, they really didn't have a standing army. So this was an act of faith on Barak's part. And, um, of course, Deborah was encouraging him to go do what the Lord mm-hmm. told him to do, um, which I think is so interesting about Deborah. She was an encourager. He was kind of reluctant. And she was like, no, this is what the Lord's telling you to do. And I'll go with you. And I think that's such a, a kind of a picture of the church today, too. Mm-hmm. Um, believers, you know, sometimes we feel inadequate or we feel reluctant. And another believer might come up with us and say, it's okay. You should do this. I'll go with you. I think that's so so interesting in Deborah and Barack's relationship. Yeah, that's so. good stuff right there. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think about God gave her the battle plan, mm-hmm. the battle plan to hand over to him. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting about him to me is that that wasn't sufficient for him. He needed someone else. He, he was <laughs> really relying a little bit more on human um, yeah. um, comfort and uh, confirmation then on God. So this lack of trust in the Lord led him to uh, to trust her a little bit more, which made me think a little bit about Moses, where he <laughs> argued a little bit with God and said no, and so God sent him Moses to go along with him. But regardless of his weaknesses, God still honored him for his faith, um, perhaps from other events. But I had uh, found that uh, he was actually in the, what we call the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 1132 mm-hmm. and that his name means thunderbolt which suggests that he uh, is summoned to be the lord's flashing sword you can see that in deuteronomy mm-hmm. 32 41 mm-hmm. um, but it seems like to me that perhaps he didn't really grasp the power of god and then therefore deborah would be the one that would lead him uh, even though she warned him that she, he wouldn't receive that honor right mm-hmm. yeah i think she was very um she was willing to take a hold of the situation and run with it because even in the beginning she was going to be the one that would lure mm-hmm. the opposing people mm-hmm. and so and then she is willing to go with him literally into the battle mm-hmm. and be there and sometimes we as women are called to go do those hard things mm-hmm. and we're put in hard places but again she knew that the Lord God of Israel Mm -hmm. was with them and that it was his plan. And so she trusted in that either way, whether she lured them or whether she went with him, Mm -hmm. she knew that the God of Israel was going to take care of them. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah, we see, I mean, we see how God orchestrates this whole story. And I think that's one of the joys of reading this story is just to see how the Lord is just every detail is worked out. Um, and that was an encouragement to me, you know, as we go throughout life, every detail is worked out, even when it feels chaotic or uncertain, God's in it, God's working. Um, there's a verse in verse 15, where the Lord rooted Sesera, he, he directed where he was going, you know, he was just involved in every aspect. And I think that's um, such a good reminder for us. And it goes back to his faithfulness to the people that he chose mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. called Israel. And even so, in rebellion. Even, even when even they're in rebellion. rebellion yep. Even in rebellion, he, he does that um, every step of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about um, also, you, we, we already talked about prophetess kind of thought process, but her being a judge, um, there's, the word is also um, shop at. 
uh, which is the meaning to judge, govern, or vindicate, or punish. It was uh, to act as a lawgiver or judge mm-hmm. or govern of God um, and, and man. And I just think it's really interesting that um, this particular snapshot that God gives us in his word is so pregnant with meaning and, and where God will prevail regardless. Mm-hmm. And he'll use the people that are willing to yield to him. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at two women specifically that he used to do that. Um I, I was reading in the, um, it's from Eerdman's Bible Dictionary. It says, justice and righteousness are often used together. While their meanings can overlap, justice properly is that action or legal decision which vindicates or establishes the right and so expresses a person's righteousness. Mm-hmm. So while Israel's elders and kings delivered justice in social contexts similar to those of other nations, The spiritual context was that of the covenant. The duty to execute justice was an uh, integral part of God's law founded upon his holiness, filled with his promise of security in the land. Its standards were plain, impartiality and shunning of bribes and influence that would pervert justice. Mm. And I just, I love that um, we see Deborah upholding that right there. Mm. Yes, Proverbs 21.3 says, To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Mm. He expects us as his children to be righteous and just. Mm-hmm. And so that leads to every area of our life, how we handle our, our dealings within our home, how we handle our dealings with other people. If you're in business, um, how you handle your dealings with the world, mm-hmm. with non-believers. Um, that is also a great testimony when you handle um, things that come across in business mm. and you handle them righteously mm. and you do the right thing and you uphold justice. It is an actual testimony to those who do not. And so we as believers are called to be different. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the ways we're also called to be different. Mm-hmm. And being a reflection of the Lord. You know, our God is just and righteous. Mm-hmm. And so when we express that righteousness and justice, we're just showing the world like this little thing that we're doing. It's not compared to God's justice and righteousness, right. but it is a reflection to those who might not believe. So no, amen, amen to to all that. Um, just I was when I was doing some uh, reading and research in here, just thinking along the lines of what we're talking about, really focusing on God's heart for that justice mm-hmm. and what He does give us in His Word. What you just read too in that scripture in Proverbs, Robin. I found a couple other words, uh, scriptures worth bringing and highlighting, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Isaiah one seventeen uh, says, "Learn to do good, seek justice." There it is again. Mm-hmm. Seek justice, reprove the ruthless. Uh, defend the orphan and plead for the widow. And Caroline, I couldn't help but to think about you and, and your family yeah. in the process of adopting yeah. and just that heart that you have for we'll the orphan. We'll have to talk more about that. We're going to have the whole. We're going to have yeah. to do an episode on on adoption. Well, the so whole forth. picture of adoption is yes. just it's a picture of the gospel, and God's mm-hmm. been so faithful to teach our family um, through this process. Just the the beauty and the brokenness of adoption and the gospel. So 
Um, we'll talk more about that. But yes, I love. Yeah, I love no, that. that's <laughs> we, we, we're, we're uh, listeners. That's coming to you near uh, in, in the near future. I think. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, one other scripture I want to highlight is Jeremiah twenty two three. It says, "Thus says the Lord: Do justice and righteousness, and deliver the one who has been robbed." from the power of his oppressor also do not mistreat or do violence to the stranger the orphan or the widow and do not shed innocent blood in this place mm-hmm. and i think of um the woman that um J- i think it's the J- yeah, J- yeah yeah, yeah. I, one pronouncer did the j with an h hail or something Hale. like that Hale. um but uh, I, th- I thought it was interesting when i was reading about her I, I, i'm rabbit trailing off deborah a little bit but I thought it was very fascinating uh, because uh, during that time, it was customary for someone to find refuge in someone's tent or in their dwelling. And um, he thought that he was going in to a safe place. And she even invites him in and says, come on in and rolls him up. Is it rolls him up maybe in a rug or something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. And um, she, she gives him that, that, that sense of protection. And yet she defends mm-hmm. uh, Israel and, and, and what God is wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So let's give a little background to that story, yeah. too. So we yeah. talked about Please Deborah do. and then we're entering the war. And then Jabin mm-hmm. is um, the king, the evil king, the mm-hmm. tyrant. Um, and this is who then Sisera was the captain of his army. So he was on the enemy side of Israel. And so, yeah, he was um, wandering, I guess, or he was in battle. Um, he came to Jael's tent. So Jael is actually the wife of um, a man named Heber, who was kind of at peace with Jabin. So I think he would kind of think that this woman was friendly, like that they, you know, mm-hmm. they have a kinship here and she'll take me into my the tent and take care of me. Um, that was not the case, <laughs> as we find out. <laughs> but um, that helped me kind of understand where everybody fit in because there's a lot of names in this scripture there, there so. are a lot of names yeah. in that no I, I love that and yeah. and you know after the battle is 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 won and mm-hmm. there is victory because god called them to mm-hmm. this because he's not going to call us to something and not allow that victory when we're walking in, in obedience mm-hmm. there's in chapter five the song of deborah and mm-hmm. uh, barack in there and and she mentions uh about a uh, j- mm-hmm. jail um mm-hmm. And really sings her praises. And, and here, right here, uh, remember when in the beginning we were talking about she warned him that he wasn't going to get the honor that a woman mm-hmm. would. And it wasn't necessarily even Deborah that got the honor. Mm-hmm. It was Jael mm-hmm. that got the honor. Mm-hmm. I love verse 2 in chapter 5 where it talks about the people offered themselves willingly. Mm-hmm. Um I think that sums up that story. The, God used these people because they were offering themselves willingly to his purpose and his will. Um, and I love that. I thought that was really... Yeah, and then in verse uh, 24, it says, Most blessed of women is Jael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the wife, yeah, and talking about that mm-hmm. and how she's called blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's very fascinating to just study and, and dive in a little bit on Deborah. Mm-hmm. Um, so just thinking about all this that we talked about, how can we take some practical things mm-hmm. and live it out and apply it in our lives? And mm-hmm. and I know one of them's uh, about being obedient. You know, when God mm-hmm. is telling you to do something or go somewhere, you have a choice though to accept or to reject it because we're we're not puppets. You know, God God allows us to have that choice. 
Um, but to, I will say this, to remain undecided um, is really disobedience. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, God desires us to respond to, his tr- uh, to him, trust in him through the journey as when he calls us to do something and that hesitation. Now, I know sometimes even within myself, it, it causes me to pause. First of all, going, wait a minute, that sounds so out of my box. Was that really God or bad mm. pizza? You know, I, I, yeah. I do. So in, in, in my heart, I'm not necessarily questioning God. I'm questioning me. Mm-hmm. It was that from him. And, and sometimes I ask for that confirmation. So I think mm-hmm. there's there's a difference. But then you've got people, you know, even thinking about those um, seeking um a relationship with God and they're going to wait until mm-hmm. they get something right. Um, that's a rejection, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and where, where we think. So what yeah. else do you think? I think this story shows us that following the Lord is not always going to be easy. There's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of challenge, a lot of um, difficulty, but it is always an honor and a privilege. And so, and God is always faithful mm-hmm. and he's there. So um, when you step out in faith, know that it won't be easy all the time, mm-hmm. but that it's always worth it because you're with the Lord mm-hmm. and the Lord is always faithful. He's, he will never abandon you when he's called you to do mm-hmm. something. So um, to me, that's what I kind of see through Deborah, through JL, through even Barack, just mm-hmm. yeah. following in obedience. Yeah, we can't let hard get in the mm-hmm. way of what's um, the, the reward. I think we were talking about earlier, you mm-hmm. know, we, we, we miss out and um, uh, forfeit the opportunity for those blessings and rewards because something is so hard. I don't know how many times I've I've missed out on those things because mm-hmm. what he's called me to is just so hard. But the more I know I've grown in my relationship and my faith in God to recognize, well, if if it's hard, that's good because it's going to cause me to rely on dependence, like you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. to depend on Him. So the mm-hmm. harder it is, the more glory I believe God mm-hmm. gets from that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, He did. He shows in this that God is not half-hearted. He completes to the very end that mm-hmm. there was not a man was left of the troops. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made sure when he does something, God finishes it. It's completed. It is done just like his work on the cross. Mm-hmm. It's completed. Yeah. Our salvation is complete through Jesus Christ. And so mm-hmm. that shows me that. And also that we can remember the righteous acts of the Lord in her song. Mm-hmm. They're going back and they're remembering. I know that we're not to dwell on the past, but there are times when we need to think about and remember and kind of look back on our life mm-hmm. and say, you know, look at all the things God has done for me mm-hmm. and start remembering all those things so that that brings us to the point where we say, well, he's done all this in the past. I can trust him with my future as well. He's taken care of me through all these years. He's seen me through this, that, and the other. And so I can trust him even more. It builds our faith mm-hmm. as we look back. And that's what they did here by reciting the righteous acts of the Lord. But my favorite verse is the last verse. But may they who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Mm, that's good. Mm-hmm. And may we be like that. Mm-hmm. We need to, to be that as believers. You think about the strength of the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, if we are that here in the now, in our life daily, uh, how much of a testimony that is and how much of a force to be reckoned with. We could be as a church, as we go forward, if we were like 
the strength of the sun when it rises. Wow. Mm. That's a good mm. image right there. Yes. Love I like that. that image. That's good. I love it. Well, as we wrap up here, we like to ask our guests a particular question. If Robin, if you had one chance to speak hope into someone's life, what would you say to them? Well, it can't be just one thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let it slide. You can have be, a few. It has to be more than one. <laughs> well, number one, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, uh-huh. I challenge you uh, to begin praying to for him to show himself to you. Mm-hmm. And I can promise you that he will. Um, knowing the Lord and having a relationship with him is the greatest thing. Uh, and I can truly say that as a believer... I can look back on my life and I can see all the things that God has done for me so that if you are a believer out there now and you're struggling or you're having different challenges and you just are, so to speak, at the end of your rope, go to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. Spend time in His Word. I think that's the greatest thing I learned overseas was spending time in His Word and in prayer. And if you do that, God is faithful and he will meet you and he will help you through your times of of challenges. And you'll be able to turn around later and look back and say, oh, what a great God. I see what he's done. Mm -hmm. I can see what he's done Mm -hmm. and how it affects you and how it affects those around you when they see what God has done for you in your life. Mm -hmm. But number one, you got to come to know him first. That's right. You got to come to know him and have a personal relationship with him. And then number two, follow him daily. Study his word and pray. Hmm. I love that. That's good good right there. Good advice. Great. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for joining us in on this conversation. I think there's a lot of little nuggets that we can just kind of marinate on Mm -hmm. for a little while. So why don't I close this in prayer? Father God, thank you so much that you are uh, a just God, that you love love us enough Mm -hmm. to ensure that we walk uh, ourselves in righteousness and, and and adhere to justice amongst uh, our believers and, and those around us uh, that you desire for us to defend the orphan and the widow, Lord. Just to think about your heart in those areas, Lord. Uh, I pray that uh, we would lean and glean more into and grow more into your heart in those areas, Father God, that we would not set back when injustice is being done, when you have called us through your word to... Um, Uh, bring truth into certain situations lord thank you for your word as Mm -hmm. we often mention uh, it is alive and active and and it does so much more uh, than we ever could in our own power so lord thank you for your word thank you that we can glean from um, judges and and talk about deborah and in these lord and just understand how you use people not just then, but how you use uh, your people even now. So in your love for Israel, even though they have repetitively sinned over and over again, uh, you still yet have mercy and grace on them. And that, I hope, I, I take great hope and comfort mm-hmm. in knowing that because we are but flesh and, and we do struggle. So thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. And thank you for that you continue to pursue us and that you use us. Uh, even when our um, faith is wavering at times. Thank you that you are a God that um, is always faithful, no matter what, to the end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.
Thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait uh, until we get to come back here again. Yes. I'll give a plug real quick. Yeah, Yeah, give a plug. Um, I took Tiber Clower's cadet group, and um, all women of all ages are able to come into that group. So if you don't have a connect group, we do have a vast variety of ages in there. Please feel free to join us. We are at 9.15 on Sunday mornings, and we're meeting in person and also virtually during that time. Oh, that is so cool. So if uh, one of our listeners is not in our local church or in another state, they can actually contact us at hfc at inglewoodbaptist.com. That's an email. Mm -hmm. And let us know that you want to look into that. So absolutely. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. We hope that you have enjoyed our conversations today. If you would like to contact Jody or Carolyn, you can email them at hfc at inglewoodbaptist.com. You may need to speak with a pastor, and you can reach out to them at next at inglewoodbaptist.com, and a pastor will be in touch with you soon.